What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to the show. If you haven't subscribed and left a five-star review, please do. I would really, really appreciate it. On this episode, we have Tim Curran. He is the co-founder of Curran Media, also the host of Business and BS, the podcast, and also the co-founder of Our City Coffee. The dude does a lot of stuff. And on this episode, we talk about all sorts of things, coffee and MMA, the way to do influencer marketing, and just about everything else under the sun. So, please welcome Tim Curran. Welcome to the Nick Ingersoll Show. What's up, dude, brother? Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, great setup. I love this. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I get a little Solid. intro music to start things off. Like official as hell. Yeah, right. Wait, are we allowed to cuss? Sorry. You, you're allowed to say whatever the fuck you want, okay, bro. Okay, yeah, good. I jumped good. in with some H-E double hockey sticks. I yeah. Know that <laughs> H-E double hockey sticks. That a, that a teacher in like third grade or something like that yeah. would always say the H-E double hockey sticks. Right. I didn't know what she was talking about at first because it was too young. Same. Really? Same, yeah. Weird. Most and, and back in the day, you couldn't Google stuff. Right. right. There's no Google. We're going to the library and like, eat double hockey sticks. Right. You know what I mean? Librarian sitting there watching you like, what are you doing? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I remember. No good. This is so funny because now my girlfriend or my girlfriend, my brother's girlfriend uh, works at Google and she's, she's younger. Um, so she might not remember all of the search engines. And so we're, we like literally have, we're rifling off different things. And I remember the reason I, I say this is because in middle school library, I used to go and like Lycos and Hotbot and, and before like Google was the Google, you know, dog pile. Yeah. Anything Ask Jeeves. <laughs> and I would, I was, on, I was in that game. Yeah. Alta Vista. Yeah. So man, Vista, what if totally. it happened to, I, I, I would love to see sort of like, you know, you walk into that office and you have the web and, and of course, I think you're a cu- only a couple years older than me, but you know, we both generally grew up with the internet and, uh-huh. and like somehow you have these startups, right? And like the web 1.0 bubble and this big thing. And then somehow I wonder what it looked like inside of those offices when it was like, well, guys, dogpile.com search engine's <laughs> just <laughs> not right. working out. Right. I would totally like to know like the backstory and, and, and dive in because they're not what they were today. No. I and they're not pivoted. Hit, yeah, and they're not getting, you know, the venture capital like they are today for, for just the thought of it. You know what I mean? And yeah, I'd be yeah. really interested. Yeah, I think like, and it's interesting to think now because I feel like um, the, the search engine of tomorrow might not be Google, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it could be Amazon, YouTube, right? Like there's all these Twitter, different sorts of search engines that people go to first before going to Google now, yeah. which I think is somewhat fascinating. And, and I don't know, I don't know what that means. No, what do you yeah. use? So if like you see something or hear something or want to like, what do you use? What do you yeah, go to? I usually use Google unless it's something like a tutorial, like how to do something. Okay. Immediately go to YouTube. YouTube. Okay. What about you? I, so if it's, it's, if it's news or like trending, Twitter. Oh uh, yeah. I go to Twitter and I see what's, what's popping, who's, what people are talking about it. And then, or, um, most stuff business related, or if I'm more looking for a tutorial, I actually don't even go straight to YouTube. I'll go to Google first because they give you the three YouTube uh, um, most suggested or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Google or Twitter usually. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Google's doing a good job finally of integrating YouTube into yeah. their search. Uh, I, I don't know how it took them so long. I don't know either. For <laughs> somebody who like their premise was like move fast and be creative, they were like slow on a lot. Like 
Google uh, or uh, what the fuck was their search engine or not search engine their social thing that they just shut oh, down Google Plus <laughs> yeah Google Plus Dude. do you remember it was like invite only at oh, first yeah. and it, there was a lot of hype I actually liked the way that it was laid out at first uh, like the the UX uh, but like it didn't really catch on just didn't yeah you know and like. I really liked MySpace as mm-hmm. a young kid, right? MySpace was awesome. And then Facebook came along. I'm like, eh, don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then uh, Google Plus came along not that far after. And I was rooting for Google Plus to was destroy them. Yeah, I was too. It didn't happen. No, I wonder really why. Like, because they pumped it, but I, did, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it seemed a little weird. I think with social media platforms, generally speaking, I don't know if sort of an entrenched tech player that has other products uh-huh. and that sort of brand recognition in that way can play in those pools. Yeah. Like, like introducing Amazon's social media. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe people would use it. Um, I feel like if there was an added bonus, like you get free groceries for the month or something, you know what I mean? Like they have oh, so yeah. many different plays now <laughs> that they could, and they don't give a fuck if they're making money off of it right away. It's, it's a Amazon. great idea. We'll make money in a hundred years is their kind of philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Sign up for our social media platform. We'll give you $20 of free yeah, groceries. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. I know, right? You need to go pitch that <laughs> right now to Amazon. <laughs> sure. <if you're> listening. <laughs> yeah. Did you see uh, Amazon, um, uh, former, I guess, former wife of Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Was it Mackenzie? Yeah. Something like she, um, I saw the last thing I saw on her is that she donated a giant chunk Just of her pledging. change. Yeah. Yeah. I always love that. Probably for taxes to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I love that. I love that <laughs> like whole I'm gonna give back twenty billion dollars, but I'm worth fifty billion dollars. Yeah. That's fucking nothing. I mean it's great. It's great in cool. theory. Yeah, great. Cool. Great. But also what a lot of that is and you know you see this oftentimes in people that, that maybe aren't as literate in taxes. They don't fully realize what it is, but when you come upon a sum of cash, right. the right. tax man comes right. a knocking right. on He's your coming door. Anyways. Hey. Right. And right. <laughs> instead of paying Uncle Sam when he's beating your door down, you can donate to some five oh one C three and avoid right. paying the tax in that way, which, totally. you know, I, I kind of get in the sense of you never get a receipt for where your taxes go. Yeah. You're just kind of like, here's some money. Yeah. Hope you're doing good stuff. Yep. Whereas, you know, if you have control to give it to a certain organization, I guess it makes sense. But yep. yeah, that's a whole, that's a, that's an insane amount of money to just get from a dude you married. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, well, that was great. So, and I loved how, you know, because like, if, I guess like watching like these shows on Netflix or like HBO, like give you a real, not necessarily, even though they're like, like House of Cards or even like, I'm not big in politics, but it gives you an, uh, like an idea of like what happens in politics, right? I think like those shows give you an inside look of like what potentially happened in this scenario, right? Mackenzie wasn't on Twitter. You know that there was meeting upon meeting upon meeting how they were going to go about this divorce. And it wasn't like, hey, let's get divorced. Let's get our attorneys. Let's sign the papers. It's, you know, we're gajillionaires. How are we going to divvy this up? What's the PR strategy around it? It's not, you know what I mean? But like, I would have never, you know, five, seven years ago before all these shows started popping up, I wouldn't have thought that way. But now that you you get an inside look at some of these things and realize this was going on for months. This is a PR strategy. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. This, this was well planned in yeah, advance. Yeah. Totally. Maybe even a year ago. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, exactly. When this goes down, exactly. we're going to give our money to insert charity yep. here. Yep. Yeah, it had to be because right. I think the whole like down spiral of like Jeff Bezos thing was around the Trump 
um, being elected and him be his involvement with Washington Post. So like that's all when, and then Trump or alleged, allegedly uh, Trump's people came back and like found like that stuff, the text messages and stuff like that. And so it had to have been going on for a year or two now because that's when Trump went in. Yeah. That's a weird thing about, you know, people that um, have control over media and, and Jeff Bezos is, I don't know if he's, full owner, part owner, founder of I the think, Washington Post. I think he's full owner. Yeah, yeah like, so so you got this crazy billionaire dude, right? And and everybody has their own political leanings, whatever, but, um, you know, to control sort of a media house like that is interesting. And then with the whole Peter Thiel thing, you saw that work in reverse mm-hmm. where he's a billionaire that didn't own a media company and then put one out of business through suing them because yeah. he just has infinite funds to deploy against yeah. them. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting too because then you can you know Jeff Bezos he was he's a business guy right and Donald Trump before he became president was a business guy and the probably didn't like each other very yeah. much yeah. and so then when one owns the Washington Post or something it's like all right bitch check right, this right. out <laughs> you know, and I, I feel like there and I've never been up to Washington um, and I've never been like a part of like that tech scene up there but I feel like that's completely different than New York City. Totally. Like even the the people, I, I believe like there's like this hate of like New York City or the city life or the city people compared to like what's what's going on in Seattle. It's definitely culturally very different. I think people in New York, you know, they live in the human beehive. I was there last week and I do like it because you have that frenetic energy. Yeah. But at the same time, you're just living on top of each other. You're paying $3,000 for a, a closet sh- a to live in. Box, yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's weird. Cause they have like this, this strange, like diametrically opposed desire of wanting to live in a big city. And then also wanting to just live in the forest somewhere. I'm the same way. Really? Totally. And, and so I lived in Charlotte before I moved to LA and in one false loop, it was like, we were changing our business model at the time. I was, I went to New York. I went to San Francisco, came to LA and like, I'll call it 10, 14 day trip. And I didn't think I was moving to any of them. And if I happened to, I, th- I was thinking New York, right? I just, I just liked the idea of New York, right? The buzz the, and everything going on there. Uh, after those 14 days, I'm on my flight back from LA to Charlotte. And I'm like, I'm fucking moving to LA. <laughs> like I didn't, well, I didn't want to, I wasn't like planned, but I was like, I, I have to, you know what I mean? Like there's no other route for me right now. Yeah. So, yeah, well, LA, you know, for, for all the things that, that it, uh, that it isn't, it is a lot of good things too. Like this is sort of where a lot of stuff happens. It trickles on to the rest of the country and the rest of the world. It's kind of fascinating. A ton. And I, I think that people who visit LA and they don't like LA, they just haven't found the right spot. You know, like you really need like two to three weeks to come to LA and see all of LA. That's true. I mean, it's, you know, what, 20, 25 million people in the greater metropolitan area. So many people. So, so many like different so many pockets. Things. Yeah, totally. You have to, there is a pocket for everyone, I believe. Yeah, I think you know that's I mean? right. You have downtown, you have the sort of south, southern beach cities, mm-hmm. you have Venice and Santa Monica and everything in between. And yeah, it's, you it's, got the valley or if you, like, you want to go a little bit south of Orange County, like that's still considered out here in SoCal, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, so there's a pocket for you, for sure. Yeah, if you want to go roast your body in the valley, yes. you can do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sit there and, uh, oh, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, go uh, live next to like one of those porn studios yeah. and just do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> my mom first came out here and I'm driving by one. And I was like, hey, you want me to pick you up an application? She's yeah. like, what's that? <laughs> I was like, you don't want to know. I'm joking. It's, joking, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tennis shoe, right. uh, shoelace making company mom. Right. <laughs> a marketing director. <laughs> That's awesome. And you've exactly. been in LA for how long? So you, you grew up in Ohio, right? Grew up in Cleveland. Um, the land, baby. The land. Uh, I love that they nicknamed it the land. The I wish land. it was like when I was growing up, it was the land, right. but it wasn't until like five years ago. Was that MGK? Like, is he the one to blame? Him. Um, and then LeBron, I think, like conspired it. Together. Oh, really? Yeah. And then like Snapchat made a filter of it and it just blew up. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so grew up in Cleveland, lived in Charlotte for about three years, been out here for about five now. Charlotte's the, is like the South, yeah. right? Consider yeah. the South, yeah. Yeah, the South. Yep. I've, I've never been to the South. I've been to, well, I've been to Oklahoma, which is for sure the South, um, as much as they don't want to admit it, but yeah. um, <laughs> I've never, besides that, like, short period of time, I've never been to the South. What was that like? I fucking love Charlotte. Really? Yeah, I really do. So I, I moved there, again, for really no reason. Um I felt that I was at I was in a place where if I stayed in Cleveland, I was just going to stay in Cleveland. Not that it's a bad thing, but I just didn't want to stay in Cleveland. So Charlotte was seven and a half hours straight down, I think it was 75 or 77. And that was it. That's and, not far. I knew, knew, I knew nobody. Uh, I had no job. I had, no, I had nothing. And I was like, I'm just going to move to Charlotte. Um, so I did. And I loved it. It's like everyone from New York, Michigan, and Ohio moved there. And it's a banking town. So like um, Bank of America, Wells Fargo has, has a branch there, Ally Bank. They're all like headquartered there. So banking town, basically. All brand new. It's all clean, um, super safe. Basically what happened, I guess, like 20, 30 years ago, the mayor came in. I guess it was like Charlotte was kind of the ghetto. Um, and he came in, just started building really, really nice things in the center of the city and started slowly migrating the riffraff outside. And it's you walk in there, and it looks like, like a very clean, looks like almost like Santa Monica clean, like how they clean the streets every day. Very similar to that. Interesting. Yeah, I love Charlotte. Wow, that's it's kind of crazy how one person can go in and just sort of change a city like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's wild. And then you get you know you get a good sports team, and then money comes, and then people are want to be downtown more, and then they're around the stadiums, and they're spending more money at the bars, and you want to clean that area up, you know that. It all trickles down. Right. You know, the land, the term, the land, I didn't, uh, I didn't really know that term okay. until I saw Stipe Miocic, mm -hmm. uh, multiple time, uh, heavyweight world champion in the UFC walk out to the MGK yeah. song yep. about the land. And I'm like, all right, now I got to put that on my workout playlist. Uh, totally, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, um, there's another one, uh, MGK. I love the MGK just reps Cleveland hard. Yeah. Fun. Um, there's a, uh, brown and orange, I can't, he, like a lot of his songs, like I just, just resonates with me because I'm from Cleveland. So like, I think they're hype as fuck, even though like most people might not. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's all about the Browns and like, uh, the Cavs and the, the Indians. Yeah. It's, now it's, I don't watch football. The only uh, sports that I watch are fighting sports, uh -huh. but from what I understand, Browns are kind of having it rough. Is that... They've had won a game and I don't know. Um, so so Browns left Cleveland, I think, in '96. Um, so like I'm I'm like 10 years old when they leave, right? So I don't remember the Browns being like good. I remember growing up and watching them and like being a fan. And then they leave town, and I remember everyone's pissed, and like people are burning shit, and like hell's going down. Whoa! And and then they come Relax. back in, in like 2000. Oh, it got bad. Like the the so the owner was Art Modell. 
he moved them uh, from Cleveland to Baltimore, and apparently they he never came back to Cleveland because he got like so many death threats. Even when like the Ravens would play oh the Browns and God. stuff, I know. And then so like uh, he died I don't know, three four years ago, and the Browns were like, we're gonna have a tribute to him because he was the founder of, of like bringing the Cleveland Browns into um, Cleveland and everything. So we want to have a tribute during the Baltimore Ravens Browns game, and the family was like, no, we are not gonna fucking do that because we know the Cleveland Browns fans are gonna start throwing shit. Oh, People, shit. yeah. So they, they shut down the, the whole tribute to their father or, gra- or uh, grandfather. By the way, if you're thinking about physically harming someone over football, <laughs> you need yeah. to jump straight off a cliff and just get it over Trust with me, right it, now. It's it's a different scene there for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but yeah, no, so losing streak. Uh, so they, they came back 2000, losing streak uh, ever since. I think they had one 500 season. But, but, but this year is the year oh yeah so so every year the the draft which is in april is usually like the peak of like brown season so we're like just excited who we're going to draft next because season's going to start and then we'll start losing games and then people start losing interest right but this year we made some huge trades where actually people are talking about us going to the playoffs before the even season even starts so uh, it's an exciting time in cleveland now is it exciting uh for the nfl draft because when you're the worst team in the league you get the first pick yes yeah so yeah. like they're so always like exciting. exactly so they're like um you know we're, we're top five picks so who are the browns going to draft who are they going to trade down for and there was always exciting the last few years because they're like they're trading their number 20 pick and their five pick for the number three pick or something you know so they're always wheeling and dealing to get the best person even though it hasn't panned out in 20 years. Right. <laughs> 20 years. Holy shit. I know. Shit. Yeah. Wow. How much do you think it takes to purchase a football team? So the Browns, I believe, this is actually, I'll give you, this is a funny story. Um, I'll talk maybe five years ago, six years ago, let's call it. The Browns were bought. Um, old owner sold to the new owners. And in the meantime, the old owners had said, we're going to put this out. Um, uh, or like we're basically putting out feelers. Browns are going to be sold. Who wants to buy them? So I had a startup at the time and I was like, I'm looking for some fucking pub, right? So people start like, there starts like, oh, this person's looking to buy. This person's looking to buy. It's all in the papers. It's all on social media. So I fucking call up, uh, <laughs> I call the Browns headquarters and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'd like to speak. His name is Randy Lerner. Yeah, Randy Lerner. I was like, I'd like to speak to Randy Lerner, who was the owner, owner of the Browns. And they're like, yeah, what, what do you want to speak to him for? I was like, oh, I just want to purchase the Browns. Even though I'm, I'm, trust me, dude, I know, I'm, I'm not maybe twenty dollars in my bank at this point. And how old are you at this point? I'm like twenty five ish. Let's call it. <laughs> yeah. So I call her, and so I get to like this lady transferred me to somebody else, and I get to somebody else, and finally I like make it up to like his right hand man, and he, he was so fucking mad when I called him. <laughs> he's like, "Wait, who do you want to talk to?" I was like, "Randy." And uh, they're like, "He's like, what the fuck do you what you want to hold on." wait a second, you want a fucking what? <laughs> I was like, I would, I'd like to put my hat in the ring and, and purchase the Browns. And he was like, no, we're not interested. So he hangs up. So I was like, all right, motherfucker, I got, I'll get you. So I sent a press release out to every single newspaper in Cleveland and in the state of Ohio, because I knew that people were interested about this, with like the founder of Webleats, Tim Curran, because I would just, again, just wanted some pub, uh, uh, is put his hat in the ring to uh, purchase the Cleveland Browns. And I had like links to like articles of like Tim Curran in the newspaper with web leads and stuff like, cause yeah. So it, within like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, I get a phone call from the head of the plane dealer, which is like the LA times of Cleveland who covers the Cleveland Browns. Hey, this is Mary Kay Cabot. I'd love to do an interview on Tim Curran, blah, blah, blah. And I, so I, I created a fake email address of my assistant 
uh, which was my my one of my best friend's mom's name. I just fucking made it up real quick, <laughs> just because it, it couldn't come from me. If I'm no, clearly right, not. If, if I'm a billionaire, I'm not writing yeah. my own, you know, need, press need, release. Need right? to be like your assistant, right. assistant, right. something right. like that. Exactly. So she calls me. She leaves a voicemail for my assistant or whatever. Now I'm like a oh, fuck. I, I didn't think that was gonna work that fast. So now I can't make a phone call back again because I need a team around me, right? Because I'm a billionaire. And so I call my cousin who was like an attorney or like studying to be an attorney in college. And I was like, Hey, can you like, you know, like some legal jargon, can you call back and just like pretend like you're part of my team or whatever. And he's like, I'm drunk. I'm on a boat. Let's fucking do it on Tuesday or whatever. Cause this is like, you know, Friday or Saturday or something. I was like, all right, fine. Tuesday rolls around and the announcement comes of the Browns owner actually sold the company so i didn't end up oh, i know that's because my fucking cousin was on a boat drunk right could you imagine we just called him on the boat drug instead i know so <laughs> that is i know fucking Funny, epic. Right? but so it's uh i think it was like 1.1 billion they sold for 1.1 billion yeah. it's not i mean look i do not have the desire ever to do that at all whatsoever for any sports team yeah. just i don't care about yeah. that stuff but i do find the business aspect of it a little bit fascinating one billion dollars and you just own a bunch of people for basically. 16 games 16 games isn't that yeah, wild that's weird so if, if and i'm i would maximize the fuck out of that so like cleveland doesn't have a dome i'd put a dome over it i'd have concerts i'd have Anything, if any live event every fucking weekend possible to maximize that. If I'm, if, so if you're an NFL owner, 16 games, but you only get half of them at home. So you have eight home games. So the stadiums. What, what do you do with that stadium? Some, some of them do concerts and stuff, but I would every fucking weekend. Got to. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, if you're owning that goddamn thing, you spend a 1.1 Hell yeah. billion and some dollars. Of them, you know, some of them have like the cities pay for half of it, which is just people's taxes and shit. But like, yeah. depends how it's worked out, but 100%. Everything's going back in there. That's an interesting thing too. And I guess it's a little bit different, but you saw that in New York City with the Amazon headquarters, HQ2 or yeah. whatever. And um, some politicians uh, essentially drove Amazon out of New York City because it was going to get a bunch of tax breaks. And, you know, I, I it is an interesting thing. Like, so, so I don't watch football, yeah. right? Um, but by virtue of living in the city of Los Angeles and they want to bring an NFL team or three here, like they're trying to <laughs> or do. all or of or them. Every yeah. team yeah. is in LA now. <laughs> right, right. Um, previously none, now all of yeah. them are here. Um, you know, it's like, so I guess I just don't have a choice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess we just trust our politicians to uh, give dollars to billionaires. Yeah. I I don't know how that... There's there's always wheel on a deal, and I don't know how that all works. I know know what the Rams stadium, Rams Chargers stadium, however they're deeming it. It's funny, because I guess nobody wanted the Chargers to be in LA, like any of the owners, but the Chargers (laughs) owner's like, I'm coming to fucking LA. So now it's, even though it's the Rams stadium, it's the Rams and Chargers stadium. Awkward. I know, weird, but there's a casino associated with them. There's hotels, there's shops, like that, that's a a massive structure. It's not just a stadium too. Right. And there's an argument to be made, I mean, on on the the flip side of it, although I think it's kind of creepy that uh, politicians can just force your tax dollars to go to pay to billionaires to have their stupid ball sports ball teams placed in it yeah i don't place. get that but at the same time the argument against it is well um it's going to bring a lot of economic prosperity to certain regions and end up bringing you know millions billions of dollars over time uh into the city through tourism and this and that and development etc yeah, yeah i don't know i don't know i'm on the fence on that i know that i know the owner of uh the cleveland Cavs. 
Um, they just re- uh, renovated it. And he was basically like, I will match anything the city brings in. So I think he was pitching, it was like a $100 million renovation. He's like, I'll put in $50 million if the city can do $50 million. Right. So like, stuff like that, I could see more, being more realistic than, hey, give me $10 billion to build this fucking stadium, you know? You know? Oh my God. Yeah. How much did that new uh, LA stadium cost? It's it's bi- in the billions. I believe it's $2 billion. Oh. Yeah. That's fucking oh. wild. Uh. But, and so, but think about the trickle down of that. So now they have that which is the casino, hotel, shop, stadium, whatnot. They're going to use it for the Olympics. But the area around there of Inglewood, like those houses are going to go through the fucking roof. Oh, yeah. They're already starting to. And you oh, see yeah. a lot of people getting in there and building giant developments or ripping down the single yeah. family homes and erecting giant condo yeah. complexes and such. Totally. Yeah. The real estate game is interesting in that way, too, because it's very opportunistic. <laughs> It's like, oh, there's a giant stadium going in. Well, let's get in and buy those. So in 10 years, they triplicate right. in value. Or, and the, the Olympics are coming in in nine years. Let's, let's buy up as much as we can so, so the, you know, we can rent them to fucking the Russian team. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? totally. Totally. And, you know, actually, with, with the Olympics, I didn't even know it was coming to LA in nine years. That's how much I pay attention yeah. to the Olympics. Um, well, I mean, it's in fucking nine years. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, nine years. <laughs> probably won't even be I'm, here. Know, I'm paying attention to like three <laughs> weeks max in front of me. Right, seriously. Know? Yeah, it's yeah. hard to see through all the fucking fog. You're just like, you know, fighting, right. fighting the fog monsters every day. Totally. Um, and so with, with the Olympics, I think it is somewhat interesting how they pick the sports. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff stupid fucking sports in there you know oh, curling and all this dumb shit I, a speed walk yeah. get the fuck out of my face <laughs> speed walk <laughs> i hope they have to speed walk down yeah. like you know fucking crenshaw or yeah, something it's right. like yeah this feels it, so that, awkward the olympics should be speed walk through fucking compton exactly as i'm saying that's I'm the down fucking crenshaw sport. boulevard yeah. baby yeah, yeah that's the sport <laughs> take you to crenshaw and <laughs> right. see what you feel right. like after that right <laughs> uh, but you know like mma is not a sport in the olympics and another weird thing about the olympics is in boxing only amateurs can box in the olympics but somehow in basketball we just let the nba play yeah that is the weird. Fuck? and how, how so in the olympics how is boxing how do they do do they wear, wear headgear yeah they do yeah see that's another thing like mma i don't you can't do that unless no. unless Unless Olympics, you want everybody the, to get choked. The Olympics would basically ha- we have to be like set up like PFL is set up. You know what I mean? Where it's a, lo- a year long tournament. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like maybe it just ends like the last, you know, I don't know, last couple or, or during that three week Olympic period or something because it's too long. And if you get injured or you get knocked out, you can't like fight the next day. Yeah. You know? Well, you do have to have, I mean, even, even the sprinters, right? They have trials like Olympic trials. True. And so you have like that True. PFL style trial thing yeah. going on and then you can always do a tournament style. I mean, back in the day that was like what everybody did. Yeah. True. Yeah. Not that that's a healthiest thing to do no, by any means, but, no. <laughs> but I do think there are a lot of dumb fucking sports. In yeah. The well, what's your favorite dumb sport? I, uh, curling always get, gets me. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't fucking get it. And that's where they're basically just like uh, the janitors for hockey teams. Yeah. But yeah. Is that? Like, I don't fuck. I literally don't fucking get it. <laughs> I don't fucking get it, man. <laughs> the Canadians are going to fucking revolt. Yeah, right now, but like, that's the thing is like, if you're an Olympic you know, curler, I guess like you spent your whole fucking life doing this stupid ass shit. Yeah, for, the, for that, you know, four sure, years of I'm glory. I'm sure nobody gets paid in curling. No, no, well, that's the other weird thing about the Olympics is they don't pay they any nobody, of the athletes. Nobody gets paid. Which is weird. I think it's, I, so I would equate them to like the NCAA, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're criminal organizations. That both make, they have billi- they make billions and they get, but yeah. like, they, you know, NCAA think, and the Olympics on the record 
Jean slaves. Yeah. That's what you're doing. That's. I mean, it's fucking. Like, so the Olympics, though, like these people literally give up their entire life to be the best in the world, Have and they represent to. your country. And some of them make fucking nothing. Yep. And, and then they're limited on what sponsors they can even potentially get. Because, you know, Nike owns apparel, so you can't have anybody. You can't, if I'm like an Under Armour athlete and Nike's the sponsor for the Olympics, I can't wear Under Armour cleats during the Olympics. Really? Yeah, like you can't, you can't do that because they have sponsorship deals. Damn. So I can't make my own money like, like I'm Bellator or something, you know? Whoa. That's, that's insane. Right? That is crazy. So it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm playing tennis. I can't even wear my favorite shoes. Yeah, you're not even like an independent. What are, what are they? They're not independent contractors, are they? Yeah, I mean they're they they're not be. getting paid. They're not. Yeah, they're so they get nothing. They get they're like they're hotels. volunteers. Yeah, they get their hotels and, and yeah, their flights paid for. They're like you know you sign up for a beach cleanup. That's what they're yeah. doing. And I think they do have ambassadors that do pay though. Yeah, like, like your Michael Phelps, and which who's who's also talked bad about the Olympics is yeah, he says sure. they don't take care of them. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, so the Olympics then it's a private company. How I think much? it's a nonprofit. Right, right. (laughs) Well, yeah. The way that um, the way that not-for-profit businesses or non-profit businesses work is that you just take it. You could you can have a hundred billion dollar not-for-profit business, Uh and then you just pay your hundred employees a billion dollars each, and like we didn't make a profit. Yep, we paid it all to our employees. Yep, that's how that works. People don't they see the non-profit and they think, oh, it's is a good thing. Not and no. it's unfortunate too because a lot there's a lot of fucking shitty criminals and doing nonprofit stuff, but there are some really really good companies that really want to do really good things. It's just bad stigma on them now. Of course, yeah, and yeah, I think for some of those, they, there's some sort of rating system where it's you know X percent of the total funds raised right, yeah. go towards their cause type right. of thing. Both the Olympics apparently zero <laughs> percent go to the athletes. Totally. <laughs> so like, what? totally. I wonder who the um, who the highest paid Olympic person is. Uh, well, I'd say Usain Bolt, but he's not even United States. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's pro- it's probably just like the crotchety old dude that's just, you know. Oh, you mean like in the, the, in the, oh, in yeah, the organization? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was probably making 15 million plus a year. Yeah. 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 And the city, so do the cities then pay the Olympics to have them hosted? Is that how that bidding process um, works? I believe so. So, like, let's say they bid and they, they bid $50 million, uh, which... Also, most cities lose money, and it's a terrible investment, and it's terrible for the economy. The only one that's been successful, I I think there was one recently, but the only one other than that that's been successful is Los Angeles because the infrastructure is already built. It's like most cities have to build stadiums, but what do they do with the stadium after it's done? It becomes nothing. They have to build these things, and they build them shitty too. So, like while it creates jobs right away, it's afterwards like the it's there's like a documentary on how like shitty the Olympics are for cities, but. LA is already built for it. Wow. They have seven stadiums accessible already. (laughs) They have hotels. They have the people. The only thing that's going to be bad is traffic. Right. Is the only thing. And hopefully there's some kind of train or tunnel <laughs> in the next 10 years yeah let's go elon yeah seriously he's <laughs> let's our go. only hope <laughs> elon is our only hope right, yeah right. <laughs> seriously yeah. yeah whenever i hear anybody uh you know I, I don't know elon personally but um you know anytime i ever hear anybody talking shit about elon i'm just like shut the fuck right up. right <laughs> yeah by the way when he's sending when we're sending people to mars you're the first to go. Yeah, right, we're right. sending you up there. <laughs> the first dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're the first dumb one we're going to mm-hmm, ship off mm-hmm. into space. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. I, I, I don't, again, I don't know him either, but 
I just love that he just fucking does whatever he wants and he's been innovative as fuck, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is like oftentimes um, when people, especially when they're heads of publicly traded companies, which is significantly different than privately yeah. held companies and that you're public, like literally public, you have the SEC, you have all these filings and yeah. um, all the calls that you have, all your board meetings are uh, tape recorded and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all these bankers yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. And, and, but meanwhile, Elon's just like in the fucking wild yeah. west, yeah. just <laughs> fucking creating blowtorch rockets. Dude, he's, he's the fucking wild. <laughs> Because <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, dude. That's what. But I feel like you need someone like that too. I do to too. Charge, you know. Well, that's the thing is, if you're just a fucking Manila envelope in a suit, you're not yeah. doing shit. No, no. Not taking risk. You're not flying people to Mars. Yeah. Not blowing yeah, up asteroids, mining them. That. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, dude. They, they, yeah, yeah. They're, they're thinking about um, how to like store their uh, cash in an offshore right. bank account right. in the Cayman Islands, or or they're creating. Uh, you know, month-long PR campaigns on a divorce. That's true. That's true. Yeah, if you like, um, does, is Bezos' thing still the Blue Origin? Is that still yeah, yeah. going? I guess, yeah. Yeah? Or is that just I like... I don't... I mean... I'm trying I've, to keep up? Yeah, I think that it's, it's, it's more of an afterthought. Like, let's start something. But I, you don't really hear much about it. Yeah. Um, he's got money he's probably just dumping in there for just I guess we have fifty shits. billion dollars. You just you need some play money, yeah. What else you can't throw it in the post. How many Lamborghinis can you right, own? Right. Probably not that many. Uh, I mean, what do you or jets or like you know, or just, literally anything. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. And, and and like things he can't buy, people are probably just throwing at him anyways. He doesn't need to spend money because they want him to come there and Yeah, that's one of the weird things that I've come to realize and you know, I grew up um, poor and so like I intimately understand what it's like to be on that side of the spectrum of, of society and, yeah. and sort of you know the people you're around and sort of just the way in which you live life is just it's just so much different than I live life now and when I think back to those times which is the majority of my life actually it's like man it, it's such a it's such a, a different world than the Jeff Bezos is. And at the same time, what I've come to learn over the years is that when you reach some level of fame or success or notoriety or wealth, everybody's just giving you shit yeah. for free. And when you're free. on the other side of yeah. society, ain't pay, nobody pay, pay, giving pay, you pay, anything. Pay. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's crazy. It you might, yeah. Just food stamps. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's the most bizarre thing. Like you become a celebrity or something and like, you get everything for free, even though now you can pay for it. Yeah, it's a, one of the weirdest, weirdest things. Yeah. And I guess that is one of sort of, and of course, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm team capitalism all day, yeah. but I think that is probably one of the negative side effects of capitalism yeah. right there. Yeah, it's weird. I was, my buddy uh, was just in town this past weekend and he was talking about, uh, he's a, a coach at Mississippi State, coaches football. And he's, so he's now in Mississippi. He's never been in Mississippi. He's like, Mississippi's 20 years behind the rest of the United States. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's literally like, he's like, people don't think, they don't know, they don't, they, they just live in this small little like Southern country bubble. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, even where I grew up, you know, it was a town of 5,000 people. I didn't even grow up in the town, yeah. but, um, you know, it, it's very isolated. It's four hours from the nearest major airport. Damn. Yeah. And four it's four hours. Four hours, bro. I've, I don't think I've literally ever lived within with like further than 10 miles of an airport Whoa. in any city that I lived in. That's beautiful. I know. I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. Even now, like now I'm two miles from LAX. Yeah. You yeah. kind of have to be close to LAX. Otherwise 
fucking take a nap in the car. Yeah, (laughs) for real. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. How do we get? uh, How do we get MMA into the Olympics? So I know. I know that when even uh, uh, UFC started, they took the different MMA component or different like um, Olympic games already. took those like kind of key ones like the boxing or wrestling and taekwondo yeah they knew that those were already part of it so like to to go through little as little hurdles as possible they selected those specific ones and combined that into like what their mma was going to be um so i i I feel like that's already step one of like getting in the olympics you know what i mean like it already entails like a piece of all these other ones right i feel like um jujitsu we got to get that in the Olympics. Henner, come on, bro. Let's yeah. do this. No, seriously. Um, like I, you know, and, and, and then MMA too. I think, it, I don't, I would not want to see people wearing headgear though. Oh, no. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. Yeah, I think, it, and, but like, I don't know. I guess it couldn't necessarily be UFC or be Bellator. It have to be like, you know, just a tournament style. But like, yeah. I, then like UFC or Bellator would have to release them to go to the Olympics. And like, mm. there'd, there'd be some hurdles. But then yeah. to say like, I'm sure that, I mean, or, you know, you do it like boxing and, 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 you know, it's somewhat similar in boxing because you have these promotions, right? That sort of control the fighters. Um, And so maybe it's just an amateur MMA Olympic tournament, right? And then um, oftentimes those people, uh, that'll be kind of, you know, the farm league for the Bellators and the UFCs and the PFLs and, you know, the one championship. It's like the the, uh, the LFA becomes the Olympic trial type of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That'd be a super fascinating thing to see. I, I don't hate that. I don't yeah. need that at all. Well, we can go ahead and replace curling. <laughs> and speed walking. Who's the fastest speed? Do you think that speed walkers were like really fucking shitty at everything else? <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, well, I can still walk. I mean, Is no, that? My mom was a, a mall walker. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Like mall that. walker. <laughs> <laughs> So they're like, that's their like, their uh, jeans coming down. Like, you know, my dad, my dad was in the NFL. Like, no, my mom was a mall walker. So I'm a speed walker. Yeah. My uh, mom was a mall walker. My dad was a hill walker, (laughs) not climber, walker. Didn't hike a lot, but he walked all the time. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, Mall walking. How fucking embarrassing. Does that still happen? I don't know. Do people go to malls? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, the one that the one that Google just bought, people will go to that one. They'll go to that one. They go to the Grove, you know, yeah. and like some stuff like that. But yeah, there was yeah the mall walk. Fuck, dude, I forgot about yeah. that shit. Mall walking is where some random ass <laughs> person decides to put running shoes on and walk briskly yeah. in a mall. Essentially, before the mall opens. So the mall opens opens like let's call it eight o'clock. But the stores don't really open till like ten. So there's like a two hour window where the mall walkers are able to just go freely. That's, that's like prime time mall walking. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and then you always have the overlap where the mall walkers are like, I've yeah. only done, you know, 1200 <laughs> meters. I need to get right. it in. Right. <laughs> well, got played. And then you're shopping and there's just people walking around, breaking a sweat. Yep. Yeah, I feel like that'd be frowned upon these days. Totally. I, although, so Get like, the fuck outside girl, the mall and run well, around that. That's where I was going is Cleveland, you kind of have to in the winter. Like You can't really walk outside when there's a foot of snow. Yeah. If you don't want to go to the gym or, or walk on a treadmill, mall walking is a little bit more acceptable. Than yeah, that. that's true. Or just go to a track. Yeah. Or uh, bundle, literally bundle anything. Up. Bundle up. <laughs> bundle on up. Yeah. Yeah. Ohio. Ohio. I, I've never been to Ohio. You should go, man. Uh, nobody, nobody, literally nobody goes to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a tourist hotspot, but I you don't say. I think so. They, they, here's touristy things you could do in Ohio. Mm-hmm. 
So when we have Cedar Point, Cedar Point is always voted like top three world in the world amusement parks, right? Um, it's got like the, usually the tallest or the fastest roller coasters. They're always building a new one. So Cedar Point, number one. Two, we have, uh, it's called Putin Bay. It's a small island on Lake Erie right off of uh, Cleveland. So you take Putin Bay? Putin Bay. P-U-T dash I-N dash Bay. <laughs> Putin Bay. Yep. So, so what you do is you take a little ferry over, you get off. There's 30 bars on a three-mile island, and people just rage. Uh, it's, it's a fucking blast. Well, that sounds like a good time. It's a fucking blast. <laughs> then you got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You got the Football Hall of Fame. You got, obviously, the lake now. I mean, it's there's some stuff you can do. Um, I, I think the theater is, like, ranked three in the nation or something like that. So there's a lot of things you can do in Cleveland that people don't really know about. The weirdest thing about Ohio to me is that it's the East Coast, but n- nobody admits it. Yeah, it's Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. It borders Pennsylvania. Yeah. People, people are, Bro, it's one state from the ocean. Yeah. It, people, How is that the Midwest? People are very confused about that. <laughs> yeah. It's got, but yeah, it, it, I, I agree. I always say it's the heart of Ohio. So I went to Michigan. People were like, fuck Ohio. Ohio State, Michigan rivalry and stuff. <laughs> right. And I'm like, dude, it's the heart of the United States. Yeah. Cause if you look at it, it's like, it looks like a heart. It's, a heart, it's like, kind of like where a heart would yeah, be. Yeah. It's yeah, a, exactly. what is it? I left my heart in Ohio. There is you it go. The, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, who else? Hawthorne Heights. Shout out to Hawthorne Heights. Hawthorne Where are they at? You know about Heights. this? No. Oh, man. I, fuck, I wish I had the song queued up. I should have had it uh, for the intro of the show. It's, it's like this emo band from the early 2000s. Okay. And they have a song all about Ohio. Really? They're heartbreaking <laughs> in Ohio or some shit. I believe it, man. <laughs> I believe Them it. Them and MGK, they rap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they probably know each other. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny because, they yeah, I mean, literally, like, you see, like, MGK goes to, like, the NBA draft with the owner of the Cleveland Cavs. Like, it's not like LA where there's, like, a, you can pick 500 gajillion people to potentially rep you. You've got MGK, who's like the only rapper from Cleveland right now. You had Bone Thugs back in the day, but they're not really yeah. relevant. You got MGK. You bring it, them to that NBA draft. So Bone Thugs, um, LA, like, how many of those dudes are dead? I think only one. Oh, they're, really? they're not, I don't think, they, I think they tour still, like lower, like House of Blues type stuff. I think, I mean, I'm biased as fuck most underrated like group of all time yeah because I, I just think they were so talented but like they didn't get the notoriety like they should have they got they had some bangers and stuff but that got some pub with like tupac and shit but yeah i think overall like so underrated <laughs> fucking so underrated i don't know what uh bone thugs and harmony album it was but it's that bo, 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 that song it's the love of Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm talking about yeah and that shit uh i think i was i don't know maybe like 10 years old something like that and my cousin who was four years older than me shout out to scott uh up, he scott? listened to that kind of stuff and i just remember that bone thug song i'm like yeah. oh shit yep. sounds yep. so good the art of war yeah the, whole, see, the double cd Fuck, yeah yeah bone thugs back in the day you had a lot of rap groups almost like boy band you yeah. had like i guess you had uh, a bunch of rock bands you had generally speaking these groups of musicians and now it's more individual musicians i feel like the band yeah. the rap group the boy band all that stuff even the girl thing right like spice girls yeah. and uh, whatever beyonce was part of before destiny's uh, child, destiny's child right love, and like love destiny's yeah child. i mean they're all so hot um <laughs> So I saw so, Kelly Rowland once, like in real, real life. Yeah, and like I've seen so many different celebrity type people out here, and you see them, and you're like, they're not nearly what I thought you'd look like. Yeah, 
I saw her and I was like, you're better than what I thought. Yeah, you were. shout out to Kelly Rowland. So, so fucking hot in person, dude. It's <laughs> unreal. Yeah. Yeah, she was always my uh, my favorite one. Yeah, me as, too. As a young boy. Me too, yeah. Young lad. <laughs> <laughs> While you're listening to Bone and uh, hanging up pictures of Destiny's Exactly child. right. Yeah. <laughs> or Jennifer Love Hewitt, yes. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Right I wonder if, if people still hang posters up because it's not really Ooh. like magazine world anymore. You know what, we we got to go to a uh, middle school on the weekend and yeah. open all the lockers. Yeah. See if they like open up and it's, I, bet my, there's I like there. Michael Jordan. I love Michael Jordan. I have Michael Jordan posters. Yeah. And fucking like any Sports Illustrated possible hanging up. Yeah. I had a bunch of uh, demonic like uh, drawings that I would make and then a bunch of like death metal bands <laughs> and shit. <laughs> and then, well, I, think, I can't remember which professor was, teacher rather, um, that saw me open my locker and like looked inside and uh got sent straight to the principal's <laughs> office <laughs> we need to chat oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah what's wrong with this kid right yeah. right and when you're you went to your high school probably you probably like 15 kids in your graduating class mine was a little bigger than that my parents um i think their graduating class was like 14 or 15 people total um and then my graduating class was under 100 so is not terrible but like 14 people like yeah could you shout imagine, out to minotaur nebraska yeah definitely shout out could you imagine like prom like, what if there's like 10 dudes and four chicks in that grade then yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> not oh, going to prom fuck yeah what, what do you do totally it's like <laughs> those four chicks are like i'm golden i got the pick of whatever i want all right better start driving around right. all those, the 200 person right. towns trying to pick up a exactly, thotty exactly Take him to the prom. hey do you are you going to your prom no all right you're with me yeah you just start going to like recent graduate like what year did you graduate <laughs> oh you're 23 <laughs> fuck it yeah it's, it's close enough yeah. you look 17 get in the car <laughs> yeah what else am i gonna do <laughs> yeah prom yeah those high school is is a strange thing how many people were in your high school i think i had like 250 graduating class 50 ish yeah yeah was that a public private high school public yeah um you know it's just it's not like it is here like you grow up in a town you know you're going exactly. to that high school here it's you grow up in a town you know you might not even go near that high school right you know what i mean yeah totally so yeah you I mean and i lived there since i was three so i knew everyone i went to school with through the same school through the same people you know it was it was what I was, you know, kind of my path, you know yeah. what I mean? So I, I knew what I was getting into. Yeah, I didn't even know, you know, and this is sort of uh, what you were talking about, how uh, your Mississippi, your buddy's at, yeah. Teaching, yeah, coaching football, um, in a very similar way. I didn't even know the difference between public and private high schools at all. Is that right? Because uh, there were only public schools. There was no private. What the fuck yeah. is that? You know, like nobody yeah. knew what that was. Yeah. Um, until I was 18, I moved to Sacramento, California. Um, I started dating this girl um, that did go to a private high school. And then I realized why that is. And that is because uh, when you're living in like rural poverty, like I was, um, you know, it's like, it's definitely fucked up and, and whatever, but it's not as densely populated. And then when I moved to urban poverty, uh, then you have just more people that are desperate and in despair and also co-conspiring to mm -hmm. fuck shit up. Um, and so it just amplifies that effect that much more. And then when you have a public school there, and then you also have a neighborhood that's not as bad, somewhat close to that neighborhood. And then everyone has to go to that public school. That's why private high schools exist. Right. I had no idea about yeah. that concept until yeah. I moved to California. They're, they're, they're not very common in Cleveland. They started to become like later on. But yeah, like I couldn't tell you one person that I knew growing up went to a private school. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's all and that's public. in the city. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm like 20 minutes outside of Cleveland. Well, yeah. I mean, 
more city than I thought. Yeah, 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 right, <laughs> right. We had stoplights. Big city where I come from, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had stoplights. <laughs> Check. <laughs> we had a couple uh, subways. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. And so, tell me about uh, this coffee thing you started. Yeah. So we, my brother and I, started. Um, it's always like we. I always said we like. It's our like fourth business that we've we've started. And we're we're kind of dabbling in. So everything we've done is digital based. We've done tech startups. We've done fitness. Uh, now more so we do like video and promotion marketing type stuff. Um, and now we wanted like a physical product to sell. So we were like coming up with different ideas. Like what, what are we gonna do? Blah blah blah. And basically, coffee fit into like a business model as opposed to like coffee's it. Let's think about something around it. It was we have a business model. What fits in it? And what do we love? coffee was like more than perfect for it so the idea or the, the company brand is called our city coffee so uh we work with like local roasters where we want every every like our global brand na- nationwide global brand our city coffee umbrella can work anywhere we sell across the country right now we actually just finished a promotion with the ufc fighter where next week we're flying somebody out to chicago to have coffee with ben Askren. Uh, then they get to go to the UFC fight in Chicago after that and kind of a full experience kind of all paid for. Um, so that was our first like promotion with with somebody, which is really cool. Um, so that's like our, our umbrella can do that. Um, and then like that person gets coffee and, you know, whole, whole ordeal. Um, when we go down to like more of like the local status is where we really want to harness the passion of like local communities. So our city coffee, Los Angeles is, brewed in, is roasted in Los Angeles. We give back to Los Angeles. New York will be the same thing. Chicago, San Francisco, all these different markets will be the same exact thing. Roasted locally, give back locally, local promotions, local events, local support. That's smart. Yeah. Going hyper local. That's super a super local. smart idea. Yeah. Thank you. It's also a smart idea in that, you know, I think that a lot of times when people are uh, creating businesses or thinking about, oh, what kind of business can I create? Uh, typically it does go in the inverse, right? It goes from, oh, here's this, you know, I love uh, fluffy animals and so, uh, fluffy stuffed animals, maybe because they're easier, easier to sell on the internet. Huh. I don't know if you can sell fluffy animals on know. Yeah, probably can. Never get in that biz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure not. And then there's probably a reason for that because there's not that great of a market right, fit, right? Right. Um, and and what you did is say, oh, but why don't we look at sort of a business model and what type of product could fit into that concept mm-hmm. rather than saying, oh, I have a product idea. Now what do I do with it? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It's been fun. It's more like trial and error. Let's see what works. Let's see what doesn't work. Um. I don't know. Is this, are we airing? Are we live right now? Or no. We, okay. No. I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, we're about 99% done with uh, doing an experience with Cowboy Cerrone too next. No Fucking way. excited about that. Dude, well, here's, a f- first of all, um, I want to talk a little bit about Ben Askren and then get into the Cowboy because he's one of my all-time favorites, uh-huh. uh, Denver boy also. Um, so with, with Ben Askren, and so for those of you who don't know who Ben Askren is, he's a UFC fighter, um, a recent UFC fighter. He fought in several different organizations prior to that, you mm-hmm. know, world champion, etc. Also, he was on the Olympic team for for wrestling, um, and his social media, Instagram, is fucking hilarious. So fucking he funny. is so funny. He he came in. He, so he was the only trade ever between one or one championship and UFC. They made a trade, and he came in so fucking hot, oh, just yeah. ripping everyone apart. <laughs> like I'm gonna fight you, and this is why I'm gonna fight you. This is why I'm ripping you apart. Yeah. And the way he does it, he's like you know, kind of a dork. 
Yeah. So it's, it's he's like a dad dad joke type yeah. vibe. Yeah, he's yeah. dad joke shit talk. Yeah. Which is like not shit talking, which makes it just so, so funny. funny. So funny. Yeah. Ben, one of these days you're coming on the podcast. The guy is <laughs> fucking sure hysterical. Yeah, he is. Um and I think in general for the sport of MMA, um, you know, it's good to have guys like that in the sport, you know? Especially for people that are outsiders and they just see it as like brutal blood yeah. sport, yeah. you know, fight to the death. Totally. Yeah, that's not what it's about. No, totally. And even if you look at him, he and he acknowledges himself like he's got a dad bod. Oh yeah, like he's not cut, he's not ripped. He's and he he acknowledges like. I think one of his tweets on Instagram was like, what if this was the optimal MMA body? Yeah. And it's like him like <laughs> with a pouch and like, you know what I mean? Gun like he out. doesn't look like an MMA guy, but he just beats the shit out of people. And yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah. Ben, 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 uh, I'm excited for him to, to be in the UFC and take a second fight. I know. And July 6th. International fight week. Coming up, bro. Yep. Yep. How did, so how did, um, so, so you have the coffee concept, right? And yep. then you're thinking, um, you know, you, you want to get some PR out of the deal. Yeah. And how did you go about sussing out what, type of athlete what sort of you know what sort of vertical do you want to go into which sport yeah. which athlete within that sport and then how did you kind of go about that process yeah so we definitely have sports in general is hot ticket for us so we're we're, we're sticking with the theme of you know harness passion local community local support sporting teams is like there's no bigger thing than that um so like dealing with sports teams dealing with individuals people are passionate about those so like that sports in general is is something that we're we're focused on mma is something that we're hot on we know a lot of the mma guys um so we knew that we could do some quick things as opposed to like i'm gonna go to the lakers and then mm. they're gonna want me to spend 10 billion dollars i know that i can go to ben Askren and reach out to him and i say here's what i want to do and i could and something could happen within an instant i want to say from first touch to him to contract to first like social post maybe 10 days wow because we knew exactly what we wanted and we knew that he was a fit and like we know him so we didn't come in with like something blind we have specific examples he already does like a boom roast where he roasts people boom, the, roasted. Yeah, exactly super fitting with, with coffee right <laughs> yeah so like we knew what we wanted to do he was he loved it we sent him some coffee he loved the fucking coffee we said let's do it and and we ran with it um, awesome. so mma is definitely one vertical that we really love passionate community again like all community based all passion um mma athletes specifically we are like working with them because they're 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 willing to do stuff you know what i mean as opposed to like i'm a number one draft pick in the nfl and i just made 40 million dollars why would i work with you when i can make 40 million dollars you know right. what i mean like these guys are like i want to prove to the world i'm a real person and, and a brand can get behind me you know what i mean sure uh, so we like the mma world that's awesome. And, um, you know, Cowboy is one of the most exciting oh, fighters. Yeah. I'm um, fucking pumped. Oh, man. Yeah, he's got a fight coming up. Yeah, uh, next week. Tony Ferguson. Next week. That's why we're like, we were, so we've been nervous. trying to get this deal done for weeks now. And like, I'm like pushing these guys because I know he's got a weight cut to do, right? Oh, yeah. And I know that he's not going to make any commitments coming up. So I like every day for the last six days, I've been texting or emailing his agents. Like, are we doing this? Are we doing this? We got to go. Got to go. Got to go. <laughs> And literally today, like they finally got back to me. They're like, all right, International Fight Week, let's do it. So it's still a quick turnaround for us. Uh, but we know that if we can get the agreement, hopefully either today or tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow, um, we can get a post this week, get a post next week. He's got a fight next week. So all the hype is going to be around him. Hopefully he wins. If he doesn't, oh. if he doesn't win, Cowboy's always got hype around him and yeah. he's always willing to do shit. He's just that kind of guy. 
uh, we turn around and we've got, you know, a month to promote his International Fight Week promotion. Yeah, you know, Cowboy, um, one of the reasons that I really love watching him fight is that, you know, he has some crazy Muay Thai for sure, like very sort of like a traditional Muay Thai style. Yep. Um, and so he throws sort of these crazy Hadouken combinations, uh, like the one that he hit Rick Story with. <laughs> if, you, if you go to YouTube and you just type in Donald Cerrone, Rick Story, finish, it's crazy. It looks like your X, Y, X, B, A, B, A, B video game style yeah, knockout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then also, uh, the, the one thing that no one really thinks about with Cowboy is he takes people to the ground and, and chokes them, breaks their arms constantly. Hey, almost, His jiu-jitsu is sick. He almost did that to, uh, was it Mike Perry? Yeah, snapped yeah. his arm a few yeah. times. Pop, 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 yeah, pop. and he's like, ah, oh, my arm is broke. <laughs> <laughs> that, that picture of him looks scary where he's just like breaking his arm off and loving it. You ever see that meme? Yeah, had uh, Donald uh, breaking his arm with that look on his face. And then right next to that is Ace Ventura in the very uh, When Nature Calls movie poking his head out of a rhinoceros' That's asshole. Fucking <laughs> gold. It's the best that thing I've ever gold. seen. Two, two of my favorite things. Yeah, yeah. that's fucking great. <laughs> and so when you're um, sort of looking for this influencer style of marketing, uh-huh. then is that something where you're saying, okay, I want to structure a deal. You know, it's it's a paid um, X amount of posts, right? And and uh, with an experience, that type of thing. Or how do you think about structuring things like that when, when you're yeah. trying to promote something for a business? It's, it's case by case. And, and we know that like, so the Ben Askren thing, like we, we, we like that model, but it's not going to work for everybody. Right. Cowboy Cerrone is a little bit different, but we're doing a similar type of thing where you can go, um, you're not going to go to um, like Las Vegas and go to the fight and sit front row, but you get to go to International Fight Week and you get to have coffee with Cowboy Cerrone on his boat in Las Vegas and have like an experience July 4th weekend with fucking Cowboy. I mean, how that's more Cowboy than, you know, than anything. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Cowboy doesn't want to sit down and, and, and go to like have a steak dinner with you. He wants you to fucking no. go on his boat and fucking hang out or ride a fucking horse. You know what I mean? That's Cowboy. Yeah. Cowboy so, Cerrone is going to be on a fucking wakeboard with exactly. a Budweiser. And, and that's, that's, that's actually one thing we've, t- we've discussed is Cowboy and his agent is like, what you see is what you get. So like he might ask the guy to like, drink and, and be on a kiteboard and yeah. so like my brother and i were like we need to have our legal shit like oh yeah we're not we're not responsible <laughs> for whatever happens after like after 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever you know what i mean so uh yeah but like so we like the experience thing but we like um again case by case but we do like the experience thing we like we like the vip and and kind of um treating someone special around it um and there's always a give back so ben Askren's was beat the streets is a wrestling academy where they get people off the streets and into like wrestling programs so we donated the proceeds for that uh cowboys were waiting to hear back what his proceeds are but there's always has to be whether it's you're buying our beans or taking part of the experience or whatever it is there's some kind of uh, charity give back that's awesome that's a really cool model and how do you measure your success with a program like that is it um just the total amount of people who uh, interact with it enter it is it uh, lead gen is it sort of likes engagement etc on posts how do you sort of uh, suss that out when you're looking post-mortem and trying to optimize for the future campaigns yeah i think um you know one exposure for us because it was our first promotion was a win. We knew right. Ben Askren, we already knew what his engagement was because you can look at his social media, he's got engagements at their fucking roof. So we knew we were going to get eyeballs and we were going to get something out of it, right? It's no matter what we spent. Um, I think that the win there was already, because we don't, nobody knows who we are because we just launched, right? Yep. Um, even wins on top of that was, um, you know, not losing money, um, getting the lead gens, like you said, because now we have like 
all these different lead gens of people who had signed up, people who are interested, people emailing us, just loving it. Now beat the streets. And we have all these people who are interested in our city coffee now where we can go back and either do another promotion or here's some coffee discounts or here's other promotional items that we're doing or here. So like they're in our ecosystem now, right? And, yeah. and all because again, MMA community is passionate. They're staying involved. Now, now we're very confident of all those people that signed up for Ben Askren a good majority of them are going to jump on board for cowboy or be some or share it or be passionate about it. Right. Yeah. That's a super smart idea in that, you know, you sort of, uh, when, when you're brand new, no one knows about you. And so you have to do something, right. It's, it's growth hacking. Um, you can use a lot of black hat tactics. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's SEO, maybe it's influencer marketing, but you have to have one or two big things that you can do to get that initial push. Yeah. Yeah. And it's gotta be like, we, we're not in like the PR world where I'm going to send a press release out and kind of cross my fingers, you know, or hire a PR agency for like 10 grand a month. Are and, they trying to sell the chargers? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, I'm, trust me, I, I'm ears to the ground on any of that kind of movement. <laughs> uh, Magic Johnson just left the Lakers. I might slide in there like Tim Curran, our city coffee is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything I can, you know, from that standpoint, but yeah, I mean, it's, we like those ideas, especially if stuff that we love anyways, like MMA or like NFL, we love or NFL and NBA, uh, NBA a little bit less, but MMA is really where we love watching. So if we could like get our company involved in what we love anyways, fucking even better. Absolutely. You know? And that's one of those things too, where, you know, a lot of people say, you know, what do you do if you don't like something that also makes you money? Right. And it's, if you're either passionate about the product, you can be passionate about the product. I mean, I, I drink coffee. Um, so you can find a coffee company. It's like, yeah, of course I'd be passionate about coffee because I drink the shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which probably, most people do. Probably a little too much, yeah. to be honest with yeah. you. Well, uh, you. Do you drink a black? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then too much is in the right way. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's when you're throwing another shit into it is when it's like too, too much. Oh, yeah, a bunch know? of sugar. Yeah, and sugar and cream like and stuff. Yeah, you know what I do do sometimes, what? though, bro? What? I fuck with the rock star. Do you? Sugar-free. You're still in the Rockstar rock game, huh? It's fucked up. Hmm. It's, it's one of my only vices. I, I, I don't hate it. I would probably, like, I don't know where I was recently. I saw a Red Bull and I was like, kind of sounds refreshing. Kind of like a Coke sounds refreshing yeah. every now and then. But like, I don't, I, I don't know. Call it 18 months, two years since last time I had like a, an energy drink. Really? Maybe, if not more. Congratulations. Yeah. Because I, I, like once you get out of the game, like you go back and like one of them's bad. Just like fast food. You get out of fast food and you try like a, a Big Mac. You're like, oh, that's fucked. My body's fucked right now. I cannot eat fast food. Yeah. It just you, once you get the occasional in and out. Right. Let's be honest. Or if you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, drunk in and right. out. One thirty, right. right before they close. Right. Your body's fucked anyway. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Poison. <laughs> right. <it>. Right. <laughs> but yeah, with the, with the passion piece, it's like, you know, you can be passionate about the product or the service that you're offering for sure. Um, and, and that is a good long-term strategy in that I've started some just random e-com purely digital businesses or even information businesses, you know, money sites, things like that about various topics that I did purely because there was an SEO opportunity yeah. at the time. And although, yeah, it's great if they make money, the problem is you're not going to commit long term and really grind it out and put in the fucking hours you got to put in because you don't really give a shit about lock picking totally. that much or totally. whatever it is. Yep. Um, but then in addition to that, uh, once you have that initial passion and, and you'll have varying degrees of that with the product, then it's what you do with the product and what you're doing with the coffee is saying, well, we are really passionate about MMA. We really like that world. 
And now we can tie this thing in to that to even amplify the passion even more. Yeah. Yeah. Being really intentional about that kind of stuff, I think is super important. I do too. And, and again, like everything's trial and error for us. So like while we think this is going to work, we don't really know. No. So we did one. We did, we did great. And we still love it. Like if, if the coffee doesn't work or MMA doesn't work with the coffee, we're still going to love MMA. We're still going to love our coffee. Right. So like it's just trial and error. Yeah, it is. We, um, at Barnett, we sponsored, uh, the EBI. So the Eddie Bravo Invitational yeah, Jiu Jitsu yeah, yeah. Submission Only Invitational. Is that, is that every year? Um, they do it a few times a year. Okay. Yeah. But I think they have, uh, you know, the champions from each weight class, I think do about, well, I think they fight about once a year. Okay. Yeah. But it's a really cool, it's a really cool event. It's one of the best Brazilian Jiu Jitsu events period it's mission only um and so therefore there's not a lot of stalling and sitting and yeah. points and bullshit and controversy um you know it's pretty clear cut and dry winners and losers yeah um but yeah it's, it's a similar thing it's like well i love jujitsu and so the closer i can get to that through my business the better right uh, so long as that it actually does pen- pencil out totally yeah, yeah i mean you can completely lose yeah shit on it or <laughs> yeah, yeah seriously yeah. though oh you're just like all right dude you're just a groupy mma <laughs> yeah, dude exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> well uh Quit thinking I, of businesses just to get close to mma Jim, you know look i, uh, I like girls so i was thinking <laughs> is i just uh you know buy a boat with this venture money i got just buy a bunch of chicks to right. come hang out right, <laughs> right. Well, what are you selling bro <laughs> right totally <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Cowboy Cerrone, yeah, Askren Coffee. I'm fucking pumped about it, man. You got the media company going on. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. You also have a podcast that I was just on called Business and BS. Business and BS. Yeah. Yep. Are so, you allowed to say bullshit on uh, iTunes on the title or no? Probably not. No. BS. That's why it's BS. Got it. Yeah. Uh, which is fine with us. Yeah, I mean, people people great. don't know what the fuck BS is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would hope so. Yeah. So we actually got it. So one of the first episodes was flagged because we didn't have explicit language too uh, listed on like the itunes so yeah all mine uh will have a nice little explicit disclaimer yeah, next get, to them we, we got red flagged no so shit that shit down so what happened they just just they they don't even tell stop. you they don't even tell you oh really you just can't search it and then like you have to realize oh that's why ah yeah it's kind of fucked up <laughs> it's, just, I know. it's brutal dude. yeah right yes so the ghost of steve jobs passed and just ripping your shit down fucked up (laughs) (laughs) what what sort of things have you learned uh through the media company and and doing the podcast and things like that sort of you know what what is the keys to success there and and sort of just maintaining consistency i think that's the key uh so in the podcast itself business and bs consistency i think you know we love business we love hearing stories we love yeah, because everyone everyone has their own success path. They have their own like way that they've been successful and created a business and why they created a business. And just that story alone is great. So I was being consistent with that as whether it's, you know, every Tuesday night or once a week or that's the most important, I think, as far as like the podcast goes. The digital world, it's so so we've we deal with a lot of brands from different capacities, whether we're creating um, you know, social media videos or like last year we ran the MMA award show and did everything, all the digital promotions for it, right? So a huge spectrum. Or even like we helped someone with a Kickstarter. So like all over the fucking board, right? Um, and that's anything from strategy to video to marketing to social or whatever you basically need a la carte. We've come up with as we think, phenomenal fucking ideas and a lot of these people don't run with them, right? So mm. that's another thing with like why we want to have a product company is because we have all these ideas now they just like sit on the back burner and maybe we'll come up with another company or something we'll deal with another company that this could work for or we start our own company and we fucking do everything that we've ever suggested that we think will work. Right. You know? So that's, I think that was like 
um, one thing for us was like, let's stop sitting and waiting for like to give somebody else these ideas is let's just fucking create our own and then show people like how successful this this will be. Yeah, that's interesting too. I feel like a lot of people that traditionally are in the agency world for a lack of a better term or the media yeah. world, um, you know, client service business essentially. And, and I ran a client service business when I was 20, 20, something like that, 21 um, in college, you know, designing websites yeah. and, you know, making executive summary pitch decks yeah. and logos and packaging and la-di-da. Uh, but I do think that eventually uh, everybody sort of in that space maps to launching a product of their own at some point. <laughs> I think you have to because you're staying, uh, hopefully you're staying as creative as possible because you're dealing with all these different types of brands and what are they doing and how you're helping them, whether it's on social or they're, I guess, maybe print or yeah. TV commercials or whatever it might be. You have to stay in the creative zone and, and you see what works for them, right? So if you're not creating other ideas, it's kind of like, why? You know, it's a little weird that you're not almost creating your own brand because you have, like, like I said, we're sitting on the back burner with all these great ideas. Right. Why not launch something and use them? Well, it's like you're sitting there. It's it's kind of like you're you're sitting there and you're just sharpening a knife all day. You're just yeah. sharpening the knife and sharpening the knife and sharpening the knife and sharpening the knife. And then eventually you're like, why am I just eating fistfuls of strawberries while I'm sharpening this knife yeah. instead of going out and murdering a deer and eating that thing too? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And then you see like the brands like, we'll go do like you said no to us off of these eight things but then you went and did this one thing that's shit and you didn't you weren't successful and like i i don't want to rub nose like i don't i hate that shit yeah. i don't want to be right from that standpoint i want to be right because you used our our idea or our suggestion i don't want to be right because you told me no and i told you yeah you know like <laughs> it, i think it's fucked so um yeah that, that's why i think i'm super excited about the r city coffee is because of that like we can be so creative with this and like use a lot of those things we've been pitching and a lot of things we've seen other people be successful with and not be successful with. Right. The thing that I like about the concept is, and, and you'll see brands do this to varying degrees, but cities and states in and of themselves hold brand equity, right? Like totally. when you say the word California, you have just sort of a litany of images and videos yep. and thoughts in your mind about what that means, right? Um, and the same thing with, with any city or, or state that you're in. And so uh, by virtue of building that into your brand um, in that way, it, it's it's super interesting. Like you get a leverage all that brand yep. cred yep. Uh, no matter where you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what's the Ohio uh, version? What's the, what's the land version? <sighs> the land. I'm excited. So we, there's, a, there's a couple of roasters that we have our eyes on. Um, so we have a, basically a map of where, what cities we want to launch in. And it's not necessarily like it's people, people associate they, a lot of people, even like who did the contest with Ben Askren, they think they have a cafe, we have a cafe. And we're opening up a cafe in Chicago uh, and, and Cleveland. There's no cafe per se. Um, we always work with these these roasters in these different cities. So we keep the overhead as low as possible. So I don't have to go out and now I have real estate. Now I have rent there. Now I have to go buy um, the roasting machines, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you know what I mean? Like all these costs where I can have a mutually beneficial partnership with these roasters. Uh, it has to be up to our quality and they have to be willing to work with us which is not that hard. Oh, do you want to be creative and make money? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> really what it boils down to. Um, but Cleveland is, you know, we have a lot of ties in Cleveland. Um, I love the Cavs. I love the Browns. We know people. We know, I mean, there's some creative shit that we can do in Cleveland. So the, uh, going back to the map of, you know, we've got uh, probably five on our list of places that we were, will kind of open in, I say. Um, soon and Cleveland's one of them. That's awesome. Actually, I, I can't believe I haven't asked you this before, uh, even off air, but do, do you know Cleveland Kraut? No. 
You know about Cleveland Kraut? Uh-huh. Dude, well, my my buddy Mac, he's from The Land, yes. and uh, they have this company called Cleveland Kraut. Okay. Um, and yeah, they just make like probiotic sauerkraut. Yeah. Um, they sell, you know, in Whole Foods and everywhere else, and then also they have, um, I'm not sure exactly where their brick and mortar pop-up shop is, but it's somewhere in Cleveland. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was, I was just wondering, because, you know. No, I've never heard of it. In my mind, great. at least, like, Cleveland isn't that large, but um, maybe it is. I mean, compared to LA, no. Yeah. <laughs> compared to LA, everything's yeah. small. Yeah. I mean, you, people, I know even people like who grew up in Chicago, they go to Cleveland, they're like, where's like the skyscrapers? Because it was like two. Oh. But Cleveland's very spread out. So so I don't know this uh, for a fact. I'm just going to spit this out. Hopefully you don't fact check me. <laughs> Is Cleveland has more waterfront property than Chicago. So it's spread out. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, you got the Great tall. Lakes, right? Right. Right, right uh, on Lake Erie. Um, goes up to like... Um, you know, Detroit area, Windsor, Canada, and then all the way to the other side is, you know, you got Buffalo and uh, up towards Toronto area up there. Can, I don't know how, but why is Canada a country? I don't fucking know. Like, if you're, I mean, no disrespect <laughs> to Canada, but all I'm saying is there's like three cities, three and a half cities, and 30 million people smaller than the state of california and the u.s just never took it over yeah i wonder why and the, all the cold. cities are right on the border of the u.s yeah by the way yeah i wonder why not i don't know the french man yeah the french held them off yeah they're just i feel like they're just riding moose up there yeah. shooting you know grizzly bears with yeah. bow and arrows <laughs> fucking, is what they're doing in the canada fucking french well <laughs> I guess, not the french in vancouver though yeah it's only in uh montreal yeah, yeah montreal I mean, uh, toronto area like yeah so I, wonder, I don't know. I have a ton of friends from Canada. They're going to listen to this and be like, bro, dude, dude, come on. We're, country, we're, we're real fucking. No, they're too nice to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. Actually, if you're going to yeah. make fun of any country, it should be Canada. Cause yeah. they're too nice to I roast know. you. My buddy's, my buddy's from Toronto and he's, uh, he's the fucking nicest guy in the world. But yeah, we, he, he completely backs like all of like the, um, uh, what people think about right Canadians, he is you know? the canadian stereotype totally. no, stereotype that's the word i was for yes uh so so i have to ask you about uh cowboy and tony um so cowboy Cerrone, tony ferguson mm-hmm. uh, they're fighting what date is that june 8th Ooh, next saturday up. next Ooh. saturday in chicago uh, this podcast will probably not have aired by that time but it'll be very close how do you see the fight going? Because then uh, everybody's going to listen to this in retrospect and see how wrong how, we How right are. or wrong we were. Yep. Uh, Cowboy, I'm going with. Yeah. I think Cowboy's hot as fuck right now. Um, um, I see... Um, you know what the fuck's his name? Um, uh, Tony. Tony. Tony Ferguson. Ferguson is the last name I was looking for. Uh, I actually went to Grand Valley where I went to Grand, I went to Grand Valley as well. Um, he, I think he, you know, he's coming for off of like one... He fought one time in like, what, 18 months now? Yeah, it's been 20 a while. 20 months. Uh, and even that time, he, it was a quick turnaround because he had a knee injury and he, he flipped that around. Most people think it was like too quick. Uh, even though he won the fight, but now he has like some mental problems and some personal problems. I just don't think he's going to be there. And Cowboy's on a fucking tear. Cowboy's looked the best that he's ever looked. I and he agree. know And he knows, I guarantee there was, because he just, Cowboy just fought. He, Cowboy's, this is like his sixth fight. Or fourth fight in six months or something like that. Yeah, so Cowboy Cerrone, he fights like every three to five he'll, weeks. He'll take a fucking fight, yeah. So here's what, how the conversation, I think, went. Dana White called him up. They, didn't, they needed some more pub for Chicago and said, hey, uh, do you want to fight in, let's call it, what, eight, ten weeks? Because he just fought. And he goes, is it for a belt? No. Okay, how much money are you going to pay me? I'll pay you X amount more. 
Okay. Do I get a belt shot after that? Yes. So I guarantee. So now, he not know. only is he making more money, but he knows he's getting a shot at the belt after this, and he's just fucking hungry, man. Yeah. Uh, so I think Cowboy's gonna win. I, I think I don't think it's gonna go to the distance. Yeah, I think he gets it done. Yeah. KO. And, and, and I like I like Ferguson a lot. Yeah, same. Um, and I, I hope it isn't. I hope it's not a KO. I hope it's not yeah. a bad loss either. Yeah. You know, submission. I'm cool with that or yeah. something like that. Um. But I also, for selfishly, selfish reasons, is the hype of Cowboy because he knows he's going to get the bell shot uh, for our own promotion. Oh, it's going to be course. going on at the same of time. Course. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be rooting for Cowboy. Yeah, I, I'm a massive Cowboy fan, so I'm always rooting for Cowboy no matter what. Yeah. Um, I would love to see it go to the ground and you know tony's jiu-jitsu is sick he's got yeah. some crazy dark chokes crazy, yeah um yeah i i do a lot of rubber guard in in my jiu-jitsu game um and tony's great at the rubber guard i would love to see a high level grappling yeah. match out of those two yeah i wouldn't hate that either oh love to see that yeah um but i'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna put my money on cowboy likewise yeah likewise that's fucking dope yeah awesome. I'm, I'm just hoping the only thing i think downside on cowboy is he does have the weight cut now uh, and it's it's back to back now and he hasn't done a back to back because it's a 155 they're fighting correct and and he hadn't done back to because remember he went up to 170 for a little bit now he's back at 155 now he's on a tear he won like four in a row but he's had a little bit of time in between now it's like eight weeks eight weeks back to back training camps mm. let's cut the weight again so that's the only downside i see but Listen, it's cowboy. He knows he's fighting for a belt. Yeah, the good. The, I mean, the good news at least is that um, you know he's there's there's two parts of the weight cut, right? There's the one of like a lot of a lot of people when they're not in camp, they just eat a lot and don't right. work out, and they get fat, right? And so you have to work all that off in camp, and then you have the water weight cut. Sure. So at least he doesn't have that first part to worry about, right? Right. I would imagine, right? Yeah, he's yeah. probably just got to like maintain and then water cut. Yeah, as long as yeah. he's not like riding bulls. <laughs> Yeah, I, no. I hope he's just like, just listen, cowboy. Whatever the <laughs> fuck you do, man, just take it easy for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, let's get our promotion off the ground. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let's get the fight with Tony right, in. Let's right, not, totally. not ride any fucking rhinoceroses. Whatever the fuck right. you're doing. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Pat and I were like, dude, he's gonna offer us like go out like on his boat too, and like we're gonna be fucking breaking arms and shit too. Yeah, probably. Which I'm okay with as That's long as fine. as long as the guy or girl who wins doesn't break her arm or, or his arm and sue us yeah, <laughs> well, yeah i'd rather my arm be broken just make sure you got that uh, death waiver signed right <laughs> you'd be fine <laughs> i'm like cowboy this is all on you <laughs> right. where's your agent come here bring your fucking agent in right now <laughs> the agent's gonna be on the boat yeah for sure <laughs> she's gonna be like the safety crew with them I'm, I'm waiting for cowboy to like you know he's got his coffee he's doing the meet and greet and be like here's a budweiser yep 100 percent. totally man uh we'll see though that's awesome man well uh thanks for, so much for coming on dude yeah i appreciate it this is awesome appreciate we'll it definitely yeah have to run it back too 100 percent. love to have you back on and um you know tell everybody where they can get the coffee um and and plug anything else you'd like man yeah so rcitycoffee.com is our website or any social is our city coffee uh current media co on social c-u-r-r-a-n media co uh anything on like Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Holla at us. Boom. Holla at your boy. Holla at your BC, man. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for listening. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review for the show. It would mean a lot to me if you would. It really would. Uh, Really, really, really would. So thank you in advance for that. Also, thank you to Tim. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And get some of that Our City Coffee. And until next time, I will chat at you then, bitches. Peace.